Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Time to talk the Rugby League World Cup. Standing by in the UK is our correspondent, John Davidson. John, good evening, good morning, welcome. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Right, we are almost through... Week two of the Rugby League World Cup. Still one more game to go. Papua New Guinea taking on the Cook Islands. And then we get into week three. So far, it's been one-way traffic for the sides that come with a big reputation. Australia getting up 84-0 over Scotland. England beating France 42-18. Samoa beating Greece 72-0. And New Zealand beating Jamaica 68-6. Having 16 teams, does it legitimise this Rugby League World Cup or... Does it somewhat undermine it? Would we not be better with perhaps just eight? No, I think. I think to be honest, I think the the introduction of Greece and Jamaica has been great. Um, they're they're growing the sport there. There's um you know there's been a lot of hard work put in there, and we do see you know blowout scores in in most World Cups in you know in the Rugby Union World Cup. Um, and I think you know there's been some fantastic games as well. If you if you saw the Tonga game last night, I mean most people would have put Tonga expected Tonga to put 50 or 60 on Wales, but um, Wales were leading for you know, a large chunk of the game and were very credible. Mm. Yeah, so, so, and you've watched across this, so teams like Greece, Jamaica, Ireland, Wales, are they players that are coming through the grassroots within those countries or are they NRL professional rugby league players that have been brought up in the likes of New Zealand, Australia, but have some sort of lineage to those countries and therefore are pretty much just guns for hire? Yeah, there's a bit of a mixture. I mean, talking about Greece, um, rugby league was actually banned in Greece until August this year, but they've got, uh, I think it's six or seven uh, locally-based players in their squad. Um, And so there is a real uh, mandate growing the the sport there. Um, Obviously, they do have, they draw heavily on their their heritage players in Australia as well. They've got a a couple of NRL players and and some players in the lower leagues. uh, And that's the same across a lot of the countries. But I think, um, you know, it's a mixture and I think that should be celebrated and not sort of looked down upon as long as, you know, they're not pure heritage teams and there is um, growth of the sport there. And that, that's the key thing, I think, mm. raising the profile and then, you know, the, the money that's made off the back of the World Cup goes to those countries to, to fund, um, you know, community clubs and participation. Yeah, no, well said, John. Well said indeed. So, so looking at England, looking at Australia, New Zealand, uh, let's put Tonga in there. Can we draw comparisons yet? Do we have a sort of sense of who's got their nose in front? Yeah, it's it's been interesting. I think, you know, Samoa were very disappointing. You know, they were talked up a lot before the World Cup. They were very disappointing against England. They got they got flogged. Um, and England have probably been a, a bit of a surprise coming into this World Cup because they don't have, you know, some of their big names of the last decade in the, you know, the James Graham and the Sam, Sam Burgesses uh, and also quite a few injuries. But they've been very, very good. Tonga, I think, have not really hit any straps yet. You know, we know what they can do 
Um, you know, they've beaten the Kangaroos, they've beaten New Zealand, they've beaten Great Britain in the past, but they haven't set a light yet. But I think it's been the, the Kiwis and the Kangaroos who, you know, perhaps unsurprisingly have uh, have looked very good so far and they're, they're headed for a semi-final at, at Ellen Road, which, you know, may decide the uh, the winner of the World Cup in the end because they're both very, very talented teams. You often look at the Pacific Island teams and often they can be playing out of uh, season a little bit, but I look at Tonga particularly. If they're fit, look out. If they come in slightly unfit, then they're not the force they're capable of being. What have you made of the fitness of Samoa and Tonga? Do they look fit? Samoa definitely in the first game didn't look fit. They didn't look interested. They, you know, they conceded 60 points against England um, when many, you know, I think the bookmakers had them winning that game. Uh, obviously, they, they played Greece in the second game, and that was a much easier opponent. And they they did look very good against Greece, but they'll they'll come up against France. They need to win that game to to book a quarterfinal spot. And um, I think you know France are improving. They've got a fully a fully professional team for the first ever time. And obviously, the World Cup in 2025 is in Greece, uh, in France. Sorry, so they're they're on the up. Um, but I think with Tonga, um, they're they're just sort of you know finding their straps. They, they played uh, Wales last night, but as Christian Wolfe admitted, you know, there's a lot of improvement to come from that team, and they'll need to improve if they're, they're going to beat tomorrow, and then perhaps England in the semi-finals. When you look at the depths of the squad depth for England, New Zealand, Australia, which group of coaches is going to have the most difficult job of determining who their starting 13 will be and who their match day 17 will be, based on depth? Yeah, I think that is, it. again, Australia and New Zealand. Um, you know, you look at Australia, Nathan Cleary had 28 points on debut against Scotland. Um, but obviously, uh, DCE and Cameron Munster have very, got a very good partnership. They're, they're one origin uh, for Queensland this year. So that's a tough uh, tough one for Mel Meninga to, to break down. And then, you, and then you look at New Zealand, I mean, just that forward pack. I, I think they've got the best forward pack in the world. So how do you fit? So many good players um, into that equation. It's, it's very difficult. Uh, and, and also, against Jamaica, I mean, Dylan Wittenny Zalesniak was just scoring tries for fun. He's probably not been a, a first-choice winger for a couple of years for New Zealand, but he's definitely um, very hat in the ring with how he played mm. uh, last week. And how's the tournament been received in the UK? Is there a genuine... Um, sort of sense of occasion? Is there a novelty factor associated with it? Yeah, I think, I think there has been a sense of occasion. I think there's been a bit of debate around around ticket prices. Obviously, um, you know, prices were set uh, before the postponement. Uh, obviously, the World Cup was supposed to be played last year, but that was pushed back a year because of COVID. So the, there's been some disquiet about some of the pricing. Obviously, there, there are cheap tickets in every game, but um, there are obviously higher-priced ones as well because they, they need to fund the next cycle of, of international footy. So... There has been a lot of chat about that, but I think overall, apart from one game, which was uh, New Zealand and Lebanon in, in Warrington, there was only about 5,000 there. That that was a disappointing crowd to see, you know, some of the best players in the world. Mm. But apart from that, the crowds have been have been quite healthy. I think, you know, probably as expected. Um, but, you know, England doing well uh, so far in the first two games has definitely helped, I think, a, an overall um, boost to the tournament. Mm-hmm. And of course, half of New Zealand's youth live in London, and I'm sure half of Australia's youth also live in <laughs> London. So I'd imagine that both Australia and New Zealand would be getting plenty of hometown support. Yeah, well, Australia actually played in Coventry uh, against Scotland, and it was probably a shame that they didn't hold that in, you know, Fulham or 
uh, Shepherd's Bush or somewhere around there because obviously, as you mentioned, there's a huge uh, uh, influx of, of Aussies and Kiwis. So there's only uh, the one game in London for the men's tournament, which is a, a semi-final. So hopefully, you know, we get a, a big crowd uh, for that because, yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge game. Look, first major tournament in the UK too, where it's no longer God Save the Queen, it's God Save the King. Um, have people been singing that with the same enthusiasm and passion as that for Queen Elizabeth? They have, they have, and, and it was good to see Victor Radley. Uh, I think he um, obviously plays the Roosters and born and raised in Australia, and he, he didn't know the words uh, when he made his debut for England against Fiji, but I think he'd been working and practising and, uh, you know, singing it proudly against Samoa and against France. So, um, yeah, that was good to see. Yeah, we haven't touched on Fiji. Uh, what did you make of Fiji? 42-8 against Australia, uh, but then bounced back and had a very good victory. Yeah, they've, they've been one that, that's probably been a little bit disappointing, at least in the first game. Um, you know, a bit of disquiet and sort of political wrangling coming into the tournament. Their coach has been sick. Um, probably a few players uh, that they could have called on or, or would have needed um, haven't made themselves available. And they weren't that impressive against Australia, but then they um, they walloped Italy, uh, I think it was 60-4 to in their second game. Um, so, yeah, that was much more what we expect from a a team with Api Corosau and Viliami Kikau to, to do. So I think they'll, um, you know, they'll make mincemeat of Scotland, uh, unfortunately for the Scots, and they'll go through to the, the quarterfinals. And I think it'll be New Zealand that they, uh, that they face. So that should be an amazing game considering in the last World Cup, Fiji upset the Kiwis in, uh, in New Zealand. Oh, everybody upset the Kiwis in New Zealand was a disaster, absolute disaster. <laughs> now, look, in the first week, we mentioned this earlier, England beat Samoa 60 points to six. Now, then Samoa bounced back, beat Greece by 72 points to four. Next up for England, it will be Greece. I mean, are we talking 100, 120 points here? I mean, what, what do England do? What, what do Greece do to try and, yeah, try and keep this sort of, well, I don't know, within 60 or 70 points? Yeah, I, I, it's going to be very, very hard for Greece. Um, you know, they're not used to playing top quality opponents week in, week out, and this is what they've they've had to do with you know with France and tomorrow now with England. I think I don't think England will hit a hundred, um, but yeah, it, it could be up around sixty or seventy or more. Um, I think the problem for the Greek also is only they've only got a twenty four man squad and they're quite battered and bruised and injured after you know the Samoans running at them particularly. So. It's going to be a tough ask, but I think, um, you know, talking to the to the Greeks the other day, I went down to training and, you know, they, they've fought so hard just to get to this World Cup to qualify. They had to have, you know, games at midnight. Um, you know, they were, the rugby league was outlawed in Greece. The players were getting arrested to turn up for play. So there's a Hollywood story that they're here and they're enjoying the, the moment and the occasion. They've, they've scored some, some great tries against the run of play and, you know, their spirits have definitely not dimmed, even though, you know, they've faced much harder uh, opposition. Have you had a chance to watch any Premier League football? Who's your football team? Uh, unfortunately, my team is Sheffield United in the Championship, so no Premier League football for me. Um, they started the season very well on top, but uh, a few struggling results, so a long way to go uh, when it comes to this season in, in football. No, oh, good man, though. At least you've got a team, and at least you stick with them through thick and thin, and you're not a populist like some. No, no, definitely not. Hey, lovely to have you on the programme, John. Really appreciate it. And thank you. It's great insight. No, no worries at all. Thanks for having me.